And welcome Dude, to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 100. We are recording on Woo! Wednesday, May 9th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, AJ ID, and today we are going to talk about new Zelda Amiibos. IGN staff is very angry for good reason, and they're adding some more Xbox games to the best deal in gaming, which is Xbox Game Pass. I'm joined today by my usual co-hosts, John the pharmacist with the sharpest with Swanson. How are you doing today? I'm all right, man. Thanks for asking. John's all right. I'm all right. Chris, what about yourself? How are you doing today? I'm thriving on this huckleberry hard seltzer that I'm using to cool off after a four-mile run. So I'm doing great. Happy 100th episode, guys. Happy 100th episode. It's a great celebration. I appreciate the alliteration of your beverage of choice. The Huckleberry oh, Hard Cider. I haven't even noticed that yet. And the official name of it's actually I'm Your Huckleberry, which is kind of cute. Oh, it is. Do you know where that line's from? I would love to hear where it's from. Tombstone. And it actually says, I ain't your Huckleberry. I use that line <laughs> at least like once a day. I love it. I don't know where you find the contents to use that. Oh, it's easy. Hey, John, can you help me with this? I ain't your Huckleberry. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'm going to add that to my repertoire. Please do. Well, if you want to be part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter, at Podcast. If you don't use Twitter, you can send email the old-fashioned way to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. That's our website. You can go check it out. You can also sign up for our newsletter there, Mostly Normal Monthly. We just put out number nine in May. It's a great read. Chris and I both have articles in there. Uh, you can find that also conveniently at mngamers.substack.com where the back issues can be found as well. Now that we've said all of that, let's go into what we've been playing. Chris, what have you been playing this week? I am still in that stasis hold of not really playing anything new. Um, and I've been squeezing in like bits of Hearthstone here and there and bits of <laughs> slowly progressing <laughs> towards the end of like the initial part of Final Fantasy fourteen um, when I get a chance. But it's been a real slow go at that. They actually just announced that the new expansion for that game comes out on my birthday, so Ooh. I have a deadline now. Yeah. But That's a good birthday present, man. It's a great birthday present, except <laughs> I, I hate deadlines, so um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, you know, I like, I've been spectating a lot of Injustice 2 in uh, the shelter because the shelter staff and kids all have gotten really into playing Injustice 2 with one another, um, which has been really cool. But not a lot of gaming lately. Uh, my game this month has run 100 miles in May, so that's what I've been Whoa. working on. That's not fun at all. Actually, that's not so bad. That's like 3.33 miles per day. But you, you could do that. I'm at 65 miles today. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're golden, man. Yeah. I I mapped it all out in my schedule. But anyways, yeah, I, like, 
I've been squeezing in games of Hearthstone when I get a chance, and um, I actually crafted a couple of new decks last night. They've been pushing balance changes because there's a couple like really overpowered decks right now, um, and so they just put a balance change out, and so I crafted a couple other decks to toy around with them because I always have a good time like checking out things that are interesting in that game. So I made a token druid, but yeah, just just gaming on the Hearthstone, really, and living my life. Chris, do you have any qualms with troubled youths playing a super violent video game? So Injustice is actually rated teen. Is it really? I yeah, guess I never played it, DC. but since it's... Yeah, that's true. I guess since it's from Netherrealm, I just kind of assumed it was not as violent as Mortal Kombat, but at least slightly violent. I mean, it's as violent as like any other any other fighting game. Fighting game. The so like they have these like super moves, right? That are the equivalent of a fatality. Okay. And like as an example, I like playing Black Canary when I play that game. And so she like pounds a person into the ground, like punches them super hard into the ground, leaps into the air, and just screams at them to slam them further into the ground. Um, which is super cool. Yeah, with um, her sound waves, basically. With her sound waves from her mouth, yeah. So she just like belches screaming sound waves at them. Um, <laughs> but like it's it's elevated like that, right? Because it's superheroes. Um, but I, yeah, I I would have to go look at it with like a different eye. Um, but it's rated teen, and you know we serve teens, so <laughs> can't stop them. It makes Checks sense. out in my book. As long as this independent ratings body is giving us the all clear, yeah. I don't care. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. A lot of like the same old, same old. I, oh, I downloaded Final Fantasy X and X2 HD from Game Pass and um, watched someone play the final boss battle and the 25 minutes of the ending of it and then watched a... 10-ish minute interlude that they released to lead into Final Fantasy 10-2 so that I could play Final Fantasy 10-2 finally because nice. it's been a long time since I ever played um, Final Fantasy 10 and I never actually beat that game but I'm making a mistake by adding another RPG to my list <laughs> what happened to your souls run I beat with the help of summoning someone, I beat, um, what are their names? It's been long enough that I don't remember their names. The boss where you fight two people at once. Orenstein and Smaug. I beat them. And then, um, minor spoilers, but, like, the game seems like it, like, not that Souls games aren't, like, already pretty open, the game seems like it like opens up at that point to be like, choose which direction you'll go next. Um, and I like ventured in this one direction and fought a couple dragons and died and then haven't picked it back up again. But I'm eager to give it a, another whirl. I think I'm probably going to play some more of that this weekend, but I still love it. I just, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> the thought of like sitting down and playing one or two hours of a game is daunting. So instead I sit down and play one and a half or three hours of 15 minute rounds of Hearthstone. Yeah. I think it's more digestible, man. I understand that. Cause I, I stopped playing demon souls like because I was 
kind of uh, hellbent on getting pure white character tendency. And yeah, I remember I can, this. I can still progress in the game. There's no reason I, I just need it, I think, for some collectibles or something. So there's no reason I can't progress through the game without it. But because of the walkthrough I was following kind of didn't progress past that point, I was like, well, I'm not progressing until I get pure white character tendency, but I might actually go back. But we'll see. It's wild how between you and I, we've like become souls game players yeah dude it makes you more uh i don't know i guess i'll it makes you know what it does it makes you guys better gamers than the rest of us i don't think that's true (laughs) it makes us more patient and more willing to suffer i think it makes you like more masochistic maybe (laughs) i think it makes you I think Chris is right, man. Like, I think I, th- I don't think it makes you a better gamer, but it makes you more patient. Like, you're no, I not meant as. Like, I meant like if there were gaming casts, you were a higher cast because you completed these Dark Soul games. Mm. Yeah, I don't I'm know just about be- that. I'm just being <laughs> facetious, obviously, but. Um... But I do think it makes you more patient, like when you go through games to be like look for things and pay more attention to what's going on around you. I don't know. Yeah. I get that because you have to be on all the time. Like you can lose to just a. I, I mean, obviously, I haven't played as much as you guys, but I can lose to the very first enemy in that game if I just am not paying attention. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Oh, Actually, yeah. So can I. Uh, Sam Worms, like one of our homies on uh, that listens to the pod occasionally, reached out to me and was like, "Dude, I keep dying by this one guy," and <laughs> he's like, "How do I get past him?" I'm like, "You don't fight him." He's like, but he has all my souls. They're not souls, but blood echoes. Yeah. Because it's Bloodborne. And I'm like, yeah, dude, first lesson, let it go. Uh, That's funny. According to IGN's uh, 2019 listicle, the 15 hardest contemporary games by Matthew Adler, all three of those games are all five of them. Dark Souls slash Bloodborne slash Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is their number one entry. So. <laughs> uh. I can't beat the giant knight in Demon Souls. And it's like the second boss. So that's uh, where I'm at. Well, dude, you should summon me and I'll help you. I can't. I don't have one of those stupid stone things. God. Oh, <laughs> ephemeral stones. Yeah. yeah. And you have to like be good to get those. I don't know. I yeah. think you can buy them with, with souls maybe. I don't know. Dude, uh, Chris, are you done talking about what you're talking, what you're playing? Oh yeah, because um, I'll just segue into myself playing video games because I I think it's relevant to, um, like what our conversation is currently, in like because I'm playing Resident Evil Village right now. Mm. And oh my I god, have, tell me about it. I have so much money, and so much, uh, so many bullets and shit like that because I think playing Bloodborne since that's kind of a horror game, but it's also insanely difficult where I like, I feel like I got desensitized to some of the horror stuff. So I just basically run around and you like, I can not parry, but like dance around the enemies when they attack me and then just like stab them with my knife a few times and then sit back and wait till they attack me again. And then, run past them and stab them with my knife a few times. So I have like Mm -hmm. 30,000 Lee, Lie, whatever, L-E-I, whatever, however you pronounce that currency. 
L E I. Yeah. Lay. Lay. Whatever. No. Yeah. I don't know. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a title for the episode. How the fuck do you pronounce Lee? It'll just be uh But yeah, and I like I this game actually if you liked uh Resident Evil 4, I think this one is very more similar to that than it is to Resident Evil 7. There are definitely some more like persistently horror things, kind of like Resident Evil 2 remake where you had the dude following you around, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, Professor, no. What was his name? Mr. X? Yeah, I was going to say Professor X. Professor, they got (laughs) dude (laughs) with his bald head chasing you around the house. (laughs) That sounds like a good mod instead of Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what if they made... A mod to it where you're running around the X mansion and or hiding, and hiding from Professor X. You can make Lady Damascus in the you're, you're a teenager in the Mutant Academy and you're trying to sneak out that <laughs> night and you got to get past Professor X before he busts that's, your ass. That's a good one. Dude, this have, sounds like a good game by itself. Have you guys Not just seen as a mod. New Mutants? It's a HBO sneaking X. mission. You should watch that if you haven't. I haven't. I heard it's uh, interesting. Is it animated? It's intense. No. Oh. I only watch animated shows. It's a new thing. I'm trying. Okay. I'm just kidding. You should watch Bad Batch. Okay. It's like the new Star Wars cartoon on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I heard about okay. that. Okay. Complete aside. <laughs> I'm in the process of watching um Star Wars the Clone Wars cartoon for oh, the yeah. first time. Oh, sweet, man. How far I'm following well, along with an excellent podcast, A More Civilized Age. Huge shout out to them. Love them. But the pace of that podcast is like between two or three episodes every two weeks, which means I'm like just nearing the end of the first season. Cool. Do I dare watch Bad Batch? Uh, I don't think it would spoil anything. It's just, it's like, it starts like right after the end of Clone Wars though, so. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Moving like, on. Sorry, I, I just figured if you were, if you were a wise person in that front, I could. I don't know if I'm wise, but I watch, like, I don't think it would ruin anything in Clone Wars if you watched it. it like, it's like, uh, Order 66 happens, so, spoiler. And Damn, then, they got away with it? Yeah, and then. And, so, and then it's like right after that. So it's actually really cool to see it on like the Imperial side or whatever, the clone side, whatever they are. But yeah, so any, John, you been playing anything else? I love that tangent. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about Resident Evil 7 for a little bit because it's more oh, it's yeah. more akin to like uh, a Resident Evil village. I mean, it's more like four. So it's kind of actiony and it doesn't have as daunting of characters, at least yet. I'm only like a little over two hours in. I mean, I'll probably be on the longer side because I don't rush through them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uh, so it has like a very similar upgrade system to Resident Evil 4. So apparently you can get new shotguns. There's not just one shotgun that you upgrade or one handgun that you upgrade. Apparently you can get different ones. So that's one of the reasons I'm saving my money because like resident evil 4 i don't know if you guys liked that game but i played the shit out of that game and if you got the magnum in that game 
and you up fully upgraded it, you could beat the final boss in the game with like three shots. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I remember the opening cinematic going, shooting three times, and then the closing cinematic starting. Like it's, oh my God. it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like just broke the fucking game. It's so funny. But yeah, I'm hoping this is like similar. So I'm kind of like hanging on to my cash. And I think Resident Evil, like the way it's made, like you're perfectly capable of like taking down the enemies you uh, face early on, especially with the weapons that you have. And honestly, if you just use a knife and you don't get trigger happy and just are patient, like you can take out a lot of enemies that way. So um, it's fun. And like the scares are not like super crazy uh i don't know seven scared the shit out of me at certain points i was also playing it in vr so um take that into account too but uh this definitely isn't as scary and it does have some cool stuff like the lichens uh, or werewolves i don't know what the difference is um and then that's like the main enemy that you've probably seen that i've come across and i don't not a lot of the stories become available or like a parent yet he's basically searching for his daughter anyway it's it's really fun i'm i'm looking forward to playing more of it uh whenever i have free time nice and then uh yeah what about ollie ollie is that is that the one that just came out or is it uh no i don't think it's out yet on switch um but it's like it was on vita ollie ollie and ollie ollie 2 and to be honest i think i'm playing ollie ollie 2 but i'm not sure i'm playing that on switch actually because they're coming out with a brand new one that was just in the yeah the directory or whatever yeah ollie ollie world yeah that one yeah i'm excited about so that i got ollie ollie 2 on switch to like get ready for yeah, and that's what kind of they were PlayStation Plus games at some point. So, um, and they're crossplay on Vita and uh, PS4 or whatever. So, I've been playing that, and it's definitely a interesting skating game that's different from. I would say it's more similar to like Skate as far as moveset goes, because you're not like the, your characters in Tony Hawk, where you're just kind of gunning through levels and doing these like ridiculous things and like getting 14, ridiculous air. 40 yeah, exactly. Superman grab. <laughs> exactly. It's not like that unbelievable. And the, the controls are really weird. So like you hold down the left stick to like tuck before you Ollie. Yeah. Right. And then based on like how you turn the stick from that held down position is what trick you'll do. So like you can do a, like kick flip or heel flip based on like if you go to the left it's a heel flip if you yeah it's release just it to like the right it's gestures a in yeah major league baseball in in the show how do you pitch oh okay with the stick yeah so it's like oh, right, cool. yeah exactly like that oh cool um and then to land you have to hit x when you're like close to the ground in order to not completely fuck up your landing isn't that the opposite of every game ever yeah so it's taken me a little bit of getting used to, and it's each run is probably, or I guess I've only played the first level because I wanted to get all the objectives completed in the first level before I moved on. And it took me a while because I was getting used to the controls, but each run is very short, like even shorter than the two minutes in a Tony Hawk game. It's like 30 seconds or a minute maybe. And maybe it gets longer based on the level, but um, it's still cool and it's a fun game because I've been looking for a game that I can just kind of like pick up and fuck around for a little while and then 
put it down whenever, you know, rather than something that's kind of time consuming or takes uh, effort to get into. So it's definitely been fun for that. For sure. I would recommend playing it if you have it. Or I think it was super, the one that you bought on Switch, because I bought it on Switch too for, don't ask me why, I don't even know. I think it was so cheap. I was just like, well, might as well, two bucks. Yeah, it was really cheap. And I had the same problem. Like it was really hard for me to get used to the controls. I actually really hate them. But like once I kind of got into it with the music and the flow, I really like it. Like you can really zone out and flow in that game. Absolutely. And that's what I like wanted it for was to like basically a podcast game or a music game that I could just sit down and chill out and play rather than feeling so, I don't know, not that this is a complaint, but every game I seem to be playing recently is very engaging and like requires a lot of your attention. Like Resident Evil Village, I'm listening or I'm playing with my headphones on and I'm not listening to anything, you know, because I'm obviously want to pay attention to what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, And that's not a bad thing. It's just like, Sometimes you just want to play a game and fucking cheese out. For sure. So how about you, AJ? What you been playing? Dude, I had to stop playing Wreckfest because my hands were starting to hurt. Like, I, <laughs> I, I grip the controller so hard when I'm playing that game because it's so intense. And, like, honestly, there's, like, a lot of luck involved, especially in the multiplayer because, of course, there's, like, trolls in every race where somebody gets screwed early so they just start going the opposite way to try to crash into like whoever's first <laughs> so i had to stop playing wreckfest and i picked up what i think a lot of the gaming world's been playing recently that's the mass effect legendary remaster right it's not a remake remaster remaster and you can tell um there's like parts of the game that are like a little bit like you can tell you're playing an older game but it looks really pretty still and the gameplay still holds up enough where, I mean, I still can, like, I can play two hours of this game and not even realize two hours went by. It's, like, so engaging to me. Um, for those of you who've been living under a rock, Mass Effect is a trilogy that's, like, a single player. It's basically, like, kind of, like, combination of, like, Star Wars and Star Trek. You have your own ship and you have alien friends and you're going around trying to save the galaxy. Or the universe. I'm not 100% sure. So tell me, you said you're close to the platinum or like, what's that entail? I think it's been, I think it's a little bit easier this time around because, um, the hardest trophies so far that I'm running into are just using the abilities because I'm playing just on normal difficulty. And if you keep your equipment like leveled up the, you can pretty much just like, like, like fire guns and maybe use like one ability to get through most engagements but i found out that you can use like your it counts if you used your computer allies ability like towards your trophy like i thought like shepherd had to use the ability and then as soon as i found this out i was like oh so i got like four of those trophies today just like using abilities yeah like nonstop. and it actually makes the game way easier because when you're using the abilities you hit r1 and it pauses the gameplay so, like, you can, like, yeah. aim at the person and use the ability on this one and then choose, like, the other character with you to use a different ability on this guy back here. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to use do this. And then, like, let go and all that shit happens all at once. And it's just like, which is awesome. Um, and it makes it way easier. But I just love this game so much. And it, it, it reminds me, 
of the first time I played through it, like just the menu noises alone and like how crisp it moves and like, it's just such a well-designed game. And it makes me wonder like what happened (laughs) to Bioware, like in the last few things that they put out, you know, with like Anthem and the last Mass effect and whatnot. But man, like, like for example, I was talking to John in our PlayStation party the other day. And I've been playing Skyrim like a few weeks ago and it takes like for Skyrim, you have to walk so far to get to the thing if you've never been there and you have to go like, you know, 25 minutes into this dungeon just to get down to like the boss fight and then walk back out. Uh, Most of the time there's like a quick exit. But in this game, you go in and there's like three rooms. There's a fight in each room. You run into like a five minute story plot point and you're like out back on your ship, like onto the next mission. And it's so like, condensed and well organized and rewarding that it doesn't make you feel like you're wasting all this time like just running through hallways like that's one thing i don't think i ever played it that way when i was when i originally played it because you can you can also swap between characters right like and you can use your own you can basically play it as like an action-based game or not necessarily turn-based but you can go through you can basically pause it like you were saying and pick what each of your characters is going to do and then that basically is kind of like your turn but not really because it but it has to like charge yeah there's a cool before you can do it again yeah i never i'm more like and you can swap between the characters right like you can pick uh yeah like between missions when you go well you have to be shepherd oh okay but you get to choose the other two so you're always shepherd but then like you like have control of what the other people do like you can use the d-pad to direct where they go and gotcha. then choose what ability but they'll also like automatically use their abilities too so yeah right which is what i normally do until i was trying to get these trophies uh which honestly has made it way easier it's like too easy for me now that i'm using all the abilities i should maybe up the difficulty but whatever i have two more games to play <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, uh, man. That I've heard that's like 200 hours, and that was when I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be playing this right now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm having a ton of fun with it. The story is so amazing. Like, you know, it has all... There's there's this one... Am I allowed to talk spoilers about this game? It's so old, but like... I think as long as you preface it, man. I think yeah, all right. let's just put a spoiler warning in, because I think it sounds like all three of us have okay. played it, right? right? Right now, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Mass Effect 1, then... Uh, don't listen because you want to enjoy it yourself. Um, but there's this one mission where you go to like the place where they're doing like this research on the genophage, which is like this thing that the Solarians put on the Krogan so that they can't reproduce and or like as well, they can't reproduce so they don't like take over the galaxy again. Clearly, even if you like, I, I don't know if that's a spoiler if nobody played this game. <laughs> Because you don't understand a word I just said. Um, but anyway, so like there's this choice you have to make where... AJ, everyone knows the Krogan. Yeah, and the Solarians. Like, that's a conflict that's been going on for long, long years. Like, like you can't that, like, just say things like that and assume people don't know. <laughs> um, well, anyway, there's this choice but that you have to make between Ashley Williams and Caden. I don't know if he has a last name, but I just remember him as Caden. And Ashley Williams is like a xenophobic racist asshole. But for some reason, every time I play this game, I choose to save her. And I don't know what that says 
about, about me, but you. I can't. It says you want to try to bang her in the game, duh. Is, but I never choose her because she's a racist asshole. I always choose Liara. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people choose Liara. Um, yeah. Kaden Alenko. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So I, I, I always like Kaden die and I feel bad, but, um, I'm going to do another playthrough. I think like just renegade and I'm going to choose Kaden to live that time. Cause I've never done it before. And I've played this game like three times now <laughs> wow. for some reason. I always save Ashley and I don't know why. And I never choose her at the end. I always choose Ciara. <laughs> I think I feel bad for her because like of her grandpa is like Benedict Arnold. Oh whatever. yeah, but I don't know. So I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect. Clearly enjoying it. I don't know if you guys want to hear more about it. I don't. I don't have anything to say. Really. So, like, did you notice the changes they made to like elevator loading times and oh. like how the gameplay actually plays out in combat? Because I've heard they've updated the combat in Mass Effect One too. Yeah, that's a good question. We were talking about that the other day too. It's been so long since I played the game that I don't really know exactly what they changed in the combat um i think like the ability to like combine some of these abilities <laughs> is like new because i don't really remember that from the first time around wasn't a big part of anthem to like hit somebody with something and then combo it yeah which is straight out of mass effect two and three three right. for sure um so and i think that's kind of just... added it to one yeah so i think that's the difference also, the graphics, you can definitely tell. It, like, looks way better. Um, the Normandy is all, like, shiny and fancy when it's, like, leaving the dock and stuff. As far as elevator rides go, it does. It has the same ones because John and I were talking about it. Like, before the elevator rides were almost, like, part of the charm of the game because while you're in there, it has, like, little updates about, like, news stories that are about things that like missions you're about to do or missions that you already completed. It'll be like a biotic base on Eden prime was taken over by Geth and Shepard. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so the load, the elevator rides are still as long, but you can choose to hit X and skip them. Like if you've already heard whatever news story it is, you can hit X and it shortens the elevator ride, which is super cool. Um, so you can kind of skip through the elevator rides like real quick. And the ones on the ship are like almost instant, like it's a normal elevator ride. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they definitely got better loading times for sure. And I am playing it on PS5 and I moved it from my external to like the console itself. So I think that helps with the loading times as well. Nice. What do you guys say we talk about some news? You... News time. It's the news. First up on our dock is an article by Andy Robinson over at videogameschronicle.com. It's an interview with Jeff Keeley the, I don't know, orchestrator of the Summer Games Fest. Ooh, love um, it. Love <laughs> that title for him. <laughs> um, Chris, what do you think about this interview that you've seen so far? He talks a little bit about how uh, he uses the word mess, which I think is funny um, because of Jeff Grubb's Summer Games mess. But Jeff Keeley says, it was a little bit of a mess last year, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about all that? I think... 
the fact that we're getting all of these various breakout shows and then still have like the big groupings of shows feels like it's everything's in a transition point. And I'm wondering if in 2022, even if live events are all back in person again, if we're not going to see a lot of these things be more like siloed off and be like Ubisoft forward, uh, Nintendo directs state of plays, whatever Microsoft calls them. I don't remember. Um, (laughs) The devolver direct, you know, devolver digital direct or whatever. And like, um, I feel like the infrastructure is there for people to do it themselves. And so I understand like making a spectacle out of things and getting eyes on it, but I just feel like maybe this is like the vestigial tendrils of something as it's changing. Um, I also think it's kind of like a big flex to be like, I'm doing my own thing E3 and I'm going to do it during part of E3. That's what um, I was going to comment. It says right in here, right in this article that will it will arrange showcases, which will see it overlap with E3. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I wonder why that is. Like, I feel like you could do it either earlier or later and have more of a reaction or like, I don't, I don't know why. Can't imagine why you would do it at the same time. That's what I say whenever I see two gas stations right next to each other, but that shit happens all the time and there must be a reason for it. So maybe because some people have cub rewards and some people have, I don't know what another rewards are. So they have to go to a different like quick trip instead of (laughs) Kroger holiday. Exactly. (laughs) He's in that gas station Um, state of mind. Jeff Keighley is. Well, you know, you need one gas station on the drive to work and one gas station on the drive home. Well, and some people don't like Quick Trip because it's a Wisconsin company, so they avoid it. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. No, I'm just making shit up. Oh, oh you wanted to see if you could get the bear to come out of his of his hibernation and start a fight about Quick Trip, huh? <laughs> yeah, I actually love Quick Trip, so <laughs> I've got no qualms. <laughs> My coworkers are constantly bringing in quick trip donuts. I'm just like, y'all, we couldn't do anything better than a gas station donut. <laughs> I know the feeling. Anyways. <laughs> Why are you making donuts? Uh, okay. I I think, um, you know, this is like a really extensive interview. And I think it's really interesting to get into his mindset about like the choices he made and stuff like that. But y'all, it's around the corner. Like that's the big news to me is like June 10th is kickoff for this event um and that's like leading right into e3 ratchet and clank comes out june 11th too which is kind of weird and interesting i think that it's like plopped right in the middle of all this stuff well especially with sony like not participating in e3 slash summer of games time frame around then too right right i'm pretty stoked about mario golf coming out in june because I pre-ordered it, and I'm really excited to use my Joy-Cons to play it. I know that was really random, but you guys talked about things in June, and I was like, oh, it just triggered in my mind. Yeah. I I don't have anything in my mind about E3 other than having seen a tweet about a news story that there's not going to be any Hollow Knight silk song news at e3 is playstation gonna be at e3 is sony there i don't even know i think they are they're at I summer game so. fest okay 
I don't think they're at E3. I think they're doing their own thing later. Well, but they are if... at Summer Game Fest. I get that. I guess that kind of adds a little interesting twist. Yeah, it's interesting to see the the Game Fest logo here. MiHoYo, which is the company that makes Genshin Impact, is on this list. So maybe some cool stuff about a game that I played for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it access to my local network and never played it again. All your data is theirs. Uh, well, anybody have any last thoughts on Summer Games Fest? I guess if Sony... The kickoff has we- Weezer's performance. Oh, that's dope. Oh, yeah. I, I like Weezer. Um, yeah, not, not if much If Sony else. is there, I guess I'd be cool. It'd be cool to hear about some of these 25 games that they're making. Yeah. Like maybe one or two of the new ones that we've never heard of. They're not at E3, Chris was right, but they are at Summer Games Fest. And But also, like, being at E3 is different, man. Like, being at E3, if you're a, like, partnering exhibitor or sponsor, I feel like the expectation is that, like, you will have a, like, Nintendo Direct if, you're, if Nintendo is there, which they are. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. like, saying PlayStations at Summer Games Fest is like, okay, maybe they just gave jeff Keighley like two like trailers that we've already seen four times you know what i mean i i'm not saying that's exactly what it is but i'm saying it could go either way and that's why i get a little bit more amped up about e3 versus the summer games fest because i don't even really know what summer games fest is other than a collection of things you may or may not have already known or seen yeah and e3 you expect maybe even at least one minimum world premiere like new thing right so yeah and the, like more than one bomb drop of like shit that you don't expect to see, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like as, oh, here's the perfect metaphor. I was talking about this at work. It's like how if you have the same amount of force in a sneaker with someone stepping on you and then a stiletto heel and someone with the same amount of force stepping on you, it well, it's the same amount of weight. Right. The forces are different because it's such a fine point, right? And like getting a super condensed E3 stiletto heel to the brain of like all of the gaming stuff to look forward to has a totally different effect on my attitude than the summer games malaise mess that we're in of like news and announcements for four months that I can't pay attention to. Yeah. You'd rather be stomped on by a stiletto than a sneaker? I would love Lady Demescu to step on me with a stiletto heel. I don't think you would. <laughs> yeah. I've seen pics at the end, so... She's not very not. nice. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of not very but the nice... Internet made, but the internet makes her look so sexy. It's true. And the internet knows best, which is what brings us to our next story, which is... The internet. Patch, yeah. <laughs> Credit to the internet for this next story, <laughs> written by Patrick uh, Klepek. Klepek. Why don't I know that? Patrick Klepek over at vice.com. And his headline reads, IGN staff pissed after meeting about deleted Palestine charity post. Uh, for those of you who don't know what's going on, just to sum it up real quick, IGN posted an article about how to help Palestinians of Palestinian civilians. I didn't think that there was anything in there that like chose a side or anything other than how to help humans. 
Um, and then subsequently IGN corporate went around like over the heads of the editorial staff, which is a huge, huge no, no in the journalism industry uh, and removed the article without the permission of the editorial staff, which in turn caused them to be very, very angry for good reason, regardless of what it's about, which is a very important issue. It also just kind of undermines the, what, like, honest good work that the editorial staff is doing over there you know like their anonymity i don't know what word i'm looking for here but what do you guys think about this i think it's really really unbelievably disappointing um but somehow predictable um i did see as an update to this that ign staff published an open letter to their leadership of the publisher Mm -hmm. um and it's got a long list of signatures on it and stuff. Yeah, there's um, some big names on there too. Yeah. Cat Bailey of Acts of the Blood God. Yeah, fame. Ryan McCaffrey, I think, is on there. Cat Bailey works at IGN. Yeah, she got hired to do um, some sort of editorial thing, I think. Oh, that's editorial. Awesome. She's like one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah she's dope. Love her. Would love to get to have Cat Bailey on this podcast. Let's email her. Put it, let's put it out in the universe on episode 100, because if we do, maybe it'll happen. Exactly. But um, I just think, you know, the thing that I think is, like, really central to this is, like, at the very first paragraph that Patrick posts, it's like, it was a short post in line with similar articles IGN has done in the last year related to raising awareness for Black Lives Matter, COVID-19, Asian American hate crimes, and more. Uh, Similar articles also quickly appeared at both Game Informer and GameSpot. This has become commonplace to like make calls to action when there's uh, obvious injustice in the world um, and show people how to help and raise awareness and to like pull the rug out underneath these people who are working for you, uh, you know, the editorial staff and like, just do this to them is monstrous in my opinion. Yeah, man, I agree. Like, and doing shit like this drives negative or positive change in some way, shape or form. Because like, you remember in 2019 or whatever, when Blizzard said some shit about the Blitzchung thing, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and they had people fucking walk out of Blizzard, and a lot of people left. And like, I know Blizzard is still pretty highly touted, but it's only a matter of time before there this shit kind of tarnishes their um, reputation as well as the video games that they're putting out because their video games they're putting out aren't as fantastic ever since they joined Activision. And IGN's the top of the world right now for games media. But that's been diminished more and more so like with when you have people like Greg Miller and shit that leave and form kind of funny, like who's to say, you know, people don't, aren't like, hey, fuck this, we can go make a living somewhere else. And then IGN loses its like clout because it's losing all the people because they listen to their yeah. uh the people who you're telling me Max bills. Scoville and Brian Altano couldn't just jump shit exactly. and be like, yes, this is the, the gaming button. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they could call it whatever the fuck they want and they would make probably at least as much money as they do right now on Patreon or wherever else. Like, um, 
and this is the kind of shit that pushes people to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, which is a good yeah. thing. Like it's a positive thing. And because it's a f- big fucking middle finger to these assholes that think pulling articles like this, that's literally like help kids that ha- are like in these violent environments directly. Like who the fuck wants to put a stop to that? What kind of fucking shitty human being are you? If that's, even yeah. if it's if you're so financially motivated that you don't give a shit if kids fucking die, like have fun in hell, motherfucker, because that's where you're headed for sure. No shit. And I mm-hmm. think public opinion of at least from what I see, you know, paying attention to video games journalism for a while, or at least, you know, 10 years plus or something. IGN has kind of become like the empire for, you know, a Star Wars reference of the video games industry. They're like the big one that is kind of looked at by some people as evil sometimes, and then they just prove it by doing this. I, it's just not a good look. Like, there's people who already hate IGN for no reason. Uh, there's people like me who respect and like IGN, but also realize that it's a big company that cares about money. And then I guess now this just gives people who want to hate them fuel as well. Yeah, it lets irrational people like me when I was a teenager and a big fan of one dot com <laughs> yeah. just be like, Why would anyone read IGN? Yeah, exactly. IGN sucks. I only read one up.com. <laughs> but it like it gives you like reverse justification for it. Right. I love people at IGN now. Same. Full stop. Yeah. But like you know, I it it's like it's rear view justification be like, Yeah, of course fuck them. Mm-hmm. Well, don't censor your editorial staff and you won't get really, really scathing art or letter open letters written to your corporate st- like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> staff. Uh, um and so uh just to like shout out, you know, to be a part of the solution and not the problem, um, one place you can go to donate is the Palestine the Palestine Children's Relief Fund which is a nonprofit mentioned in the original article. I'm uh, quoting this from uh, the article that Patrick wrote. Um, I'm sure if you just Google Palestine Children's Relief Fund, um, you will find it pretty quickly. For sure. On that note, a little bit lighter news that is not depressing at all. More Xbox Game Pass titles announced for May. This is by Eddie McCooch. <laughs> Written Wait, by on May 18th. <laughs> This is the perfect article to pull for our 100th episode because I know we always get a kick out of that home that dude's name. I know, Eddie McCooch is the best. <laughs> All right, so of these games, I was obsessed with Fusion Frenzy back in the day. And then, so I had it on like regular Xbox on disc. And then when Xbox 360 came out, it was the first digital game I ever bought was Fusion Frenzy. But some of the mini games were like, frame rate zero like there was this one game where you roll like it's on the cover of the game you're in these like balls that are cages and you like run around like a hamster and crash into people and that game when you play the digital version was like 0.1 frames per second and it was unplayable and it ruined the game for me forever so i'm excited to like download this on my xbox one x and see if fusion frenzy is like back to its old self Mm. Can you explain it to me, like what Fusion Frenzy is? Because I've heard a ton about it, but I've never played it. Frenzy is like future Mario Party without the game board. It's just like mini games 
it's like you go to this planet and compete in these crazy events to like become like the champion of whatever fusion frenzy oh, gotcha. world yeah it's okay, actually really fun it's cool. like four person multiplayer so like in college we'd have like you know eight people trying to play so like whoever like basically whoever won would get to keep playing so you'd replace the bottom three so yeah that's fusion frenzy it sounds pretty dope any of these other games stand out to you guys i'm super excited for the catch carp and course <laughs> just looks like a fish what about man eater are you gonna play man eater chris i might chomp, play man eater I think it's false advertising for them to put Knockout City in this when it's a free-to-play game, but whatever. <laughs> oh, what's is that the dodgeball one? That's yeah, that's the dodgeball one. Well, is it coming to the cloud? I think that's what it is, maybe. No, it's not on. It's not. It's just console and PC. I do love the idea that Peggle Two is playable via cloud because I could see that being pretty great. However, I know that I will have a stroke not just being able to touch the screen to do it <laughs> and needing to use, like, if they have the touchscreen controls. I don't know. Anyways. Um, well, just to, like, I guess since we brought the story up, I'm going to read them quick. Peggle 2, Plants vs. Zombies, Battle Neighborville. <laughs> Fusion Frenzy, of course. Joyride Turbo. Mech Warrior 5. Conan Exiles, which is actually a really cool game. Um, also, you can change your penis size, which is love fun. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a trendsetter, man. Trendsetter <laughs> was it? <laughs> well, they uh, didn't. They let you do that in, in Cyberpunk. Kind of. It was different. Set the standard for dong. Yeah. Well, and genitals in general. Dong editing. Because you can change your female body as well. It's definitely uh, uh, for both male and female. Uh, the catch, which previously mentioned by Chris, Snow Runner, which looks like a logging trucking game. In the snow. Yeah, yeah. in the snow. Man Eater, uh, The Wild at Heart. I don't know what that game is. It's got an arcade cabinet and a broken old TV, and it's got kind of cool art. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knockout City, Dodgeball, Slime Rancher. It sounds pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Guessing you're breeding slime. <laughs> Secret Neighbor. Solasta and something I can't read. Spellforce? Spellforce. Soul Harvest. That's it. Spellforce, Soul Harvest. That's all the Game Pass games coming to May. You're welcome. Dude. You could have read those yourself, but I did it for you. <laughs> Leaving Game Pass on May 31st is Void Bastards, which I know a lot of people like. So if you haven't played that, oh. those uh, Kingdom Hearts games, the 1.5, 2.5 no! remix, and the 2.8. Oh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is still on it. Dang. Okay. I might have to just play Kingdom Hearts now. And then Three. Uh, Bro Force. Which <laughs> oh, I played Bro Force. I played Bro Force. Yeah, I played Bro Force on something. I can't remember what. With I think it was Game Pass. Yeah, dude. And that game, if you haven't played it and you like have friends that you play games with, that game is fucking awesome. Do you remember any it's other really names fun. besides Rambro? Uh, I just remember like it was Wesley Snipes and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and like they were very clever with their names yeah but pretty cleverly obvious i, I wish i could remember some of the other ones but yeah so clever we can't remember anything but rambro <laughs> that's pretty good though yeah it is all right next story i know uh angie who we missed today she's feeling a little bit under the weather so we're sad that she didn't make it here for episode 100 but we know she'd be excited about this amiibo being a huge um zelda fan this is by brian shea 
at Game Informer. There's a new Zelda and Laughing Amiibo joining the Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword HD this July. I don't know why I can't read, but guys, are you excited for this Amiibo? Uh, I think it looks really cool, but not really. What does it do again, did you say? In what the does game? it do? Does it say? Oh, you didn't say. Uh, Chris said it does something cool. Didn't you, Chris? He did. Yeah. It. Um, you can use some kind of jump at any time? They can call fee and make the jump at any time. Has anyone actually played this one? Yeah, but it's been a long time. Dude, this game gets way too much shit. It's a, I, I liked it a lot. I think it's probably one of my favorite Zelda games. Like, it doesn't outdo Wind Waker or anything, but it's it's not a bad Zelda game in by any stretch. I'm excited to play it for the first time on the Switch version, so that's yeah. good for me. Dude, yeah, I would highly recommend it. So here's here's an explanation paragraph in it. It's kind of buried. So um, in the original game, players could only travel between the surface and sky at certain points. But if they call Fee and use the newly announced Amiibo, they can make the jump at any time. This function even works well in buildings and dungeons. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's just like more convenient fast travel? I guess so. That's that's sweet, though. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be somewhat relevant. Chris, right? you don't like its beak. I've never liked uh, <laughs> Loftwing's design, and it actually like turned me off of playing the game a little bit. And I like generally like the more like cell shaded or soft design Zelda games. So like, I don't know. I just think it looks like a weird bird horse and I have a bad thing about birds already. So you turn that bird into a big horse. I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, come on. That's Who that bird horse. Bird horse. <laughs> you and your bird horse get out of here. Look at the beak and tell me that's not a bird horse beak. Do you think he looks like Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. It's very elongated. It's like too round. He should have a pointier beak. Like a yeah, more triangle shaped beak. Like a kingfisher. Yeah. You know, a kingfisher. He, Kingfishers are he sweet. Looks, he looks like a creepy pelican. <laughs> I don't want him scooping like, me up in his he's mouth. He's like a pelican who's been drinking for 10 years straight. And, and <laughs> so his cheeks he are chubby. <laughs> he looks like somebody stretched out a pelipper from Pokemon <laughs> and turned it into a third evolution. I know exactly what that means. I don't know at all what that means. <laughs> Pelipper's just a pelican Pokemon with just oh, a big ass. I mouth. took a picture of him in Pokemon Snap. Like, a see, few days yeah, ago. of course I you knew what I meant. Is, yeah, you weren't lying at all. I, I wasn't. Um, Dude, I know this is kind of off topic and back to what we were talking about, but let's talk about some of these Bro Force names. Brodel Walker is. <laughs> Based off Cordell Walker from Walker, Texas Ranger. Brohard, who's John McClane from the Die Hard series. <laughs> Mac Brover, which is MacGyver. Mac Brover. Uh, yeah, what else? Uh, Brobocop is Robocop. Oh, that's a good one. Bro-bo. Indiana Brones. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Time Bro. Oh, dude, these are so good. Oh, my God. This I game, you should totally go play it if you have it. Right before. Indiana Brones. <laughs> I'm on my laptop. Oh, oh, this is great. I'm really excited for Indiana Brones 5 as long as they don't bring back Shia LeBron. 
Oh my god. Uh, oh, well, that's good. That is good. We have one more story. I think. I think this is the last one. Um, we're taking this from IGN by Jesse Shadeen. Nailed it. Injustice: Gods Among Us animated movie officially announced by DC Warner Brothers Animation. Um, John, you're all about animated movies these days. Are you excited for Injustice too? Oh, I was kind of kidding, but uh, <laughs> when I said that originally, but no, not really. <clears throat> I don't really. I never played the Injustice games, and I don't. I don't know, man. I like comic book stuff, but I like the. Uh, I find like the newer comic book things interesting like that uh invincible show and oh. like shit or like shit that harkens back to like an older age like wolverines when we were kids and stuff yeah like that shit i dig but like this newer takes it's hard to like catch my attention i guess if it's super good obviously i would watch a couple episodes and see if i dig it but it doesn't look like my kind of thing right on i'm not a huge DC fan in general. Like, obviously, I love Batman, but honestly, other than that, like, Wonder Woman's pretty yeah. cool. And I think that's it, too, man. Like, I've never seen the DC movies, like, the recent ones. And not, I saw not the, I... the, the Snyder Cut. I watched the whole thing through. Oh, my God. What is oh, wrong really? with you? I don't know. I'm it was, like, a Sunday. Did you... What did you think? It wasn't bad, but I never saw the original, so I couldn't tell you a difference. Um, but wasn't it in, like, a 4 by 3 aspect ratio or something? Uh... You know what it actually was? Was it was set up to be in the IMAX aspect ratio, oh. and they just shrank it to fit your screen. Okay. Because IMAX screens are in a different aspect ratio. Weird. Um, shout out to the Slash Film cast for that deep lore, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, it was really long, but we watched it on like a Sunday in the wintertime, and there was a couple times where I was like, how much of this is left? <laughs> Um, but it was cool seeing him fight Superman and stuff. Like that was really sweet. Isn't it like four hours or something? I think four it was like four hours and like three minutes four or hours. something. Even oh my god, there's yeah, no way I it was watch really that. long. But did I you think... watch it in one sitting? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's impressive, dude. Dude, Wonder Woman I think is the coolest of all of them. She has yes, the best, hundred percent, like the best uh, uh, powers for sure. Like yeah. the, the that mm. that lesso 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 of truth that's sick uh when she fucking swings from the lightning in that new movie oh my god that's the coolest fucking thing ever dude and that was really cool and also incredibly stupid <laughs> yeah well <laughs> apparently her thing's grounded so it it doesn't shock her i don't know oh i wasn't even thinking about it that way i was just like this is a cartoon <laughs> no the new he's talking about the movie bro. The... no i mean like the in Wonder Woman 1984, oh. I was like, I, I it it made me check out of the movie. I had already oh. checked out of the movie, but anyways, wait, it's a superhero movie, and that's what makes you check out of the movie. There was a number of different <laughs> things that made me check out of that movie. Okay, it's better specifically than the, first the one. fact that she and Cheetah didn't end up trying to date. I think they like were at in one of the versions of that script. I feel like they were setting up a romance for them, and then it got cut, and I'm kind of pissed about it because I thought that was kind of cool. Anyways. I am excited about this animated movie because I want to know what the hell is going on in the story of Injustice 2 when it's getting played in the shelter all the time. And that's all I have to say. Oh, that's good. You'll know then. You can have more in-depth conversations with your clients. 
I'll be like, can you believe when Superman did this and became evil? And oh my gosh. You didn't know who he was? I think that's what happened in the one that I watched. It was four and a half hours. I kind of zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. Super uh, amnesia. Yeah, exactly. Well, everybody, that does it for our news today. I think that yeah. brings us to our most normal question. And I think we actually got a voicemail again, which I'm pretty excited about. Sure Is that do. true, John? Oh yeah. yeah. This comes from our homie Graphic Mark. Yeah, shout out uh, Graphic Mark. He's the one who made our logo. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey guys, this is Mark, aka Graphic Mark. I just want to first off to say congratulations on 100 episodes. That is amazing. I've listened to every single one, so that's very cool. Um, so I just want to say congrats on that. And then also, I do have a question for you guys. Um, my question is, what is your favorite game that you got from a cereal box? So like ones that were packaged in with a box, uh, cereal box. Um, one that I can remember is uh, the Captain Crunch Crunchling Adventure game. That game was weird, but also kind of fun. Um, so if you guys have any favorites that you ever got, um, yeah, let me know. I'd like to hear what you guys think. Thanks. Mark, that is amazing. Thank you for calling in with that voicemail. I can't believe you've listened to all 100 episodes. That That is impressive. Yeah, I don't know whether to respect That's... you or judge you. <laughs> Some real serious stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks for listening. Mike. Yeah, huge shout out. Um, yeah, for sure. Thanks. Also, I'm going to kind of put on the spot right here. I'm Googling cereal box games of the 90s. I definitely remember getting them. Um, oh, here's Crunchling Adventure right here. I found a list on gamer or thegamer.com. Um, my answer before I looked it up was like, obviously, Checks Quest, which is the only one I oh, know about. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I just remember sitting with my childhood friend, uh, on his computer and him like going up to a bunch of doors and sliding them open and me being like, this is like doom, <laughs> like the video game doom. Um, so yeah, love Chex Quest. For they put backyard baseball in a cereal dude, box? Apparently Toy Story 2. And also I was going to say backyard baseball. That's by far like I played that with my friend, Tom. Of course, everyone has a friend named Tom, right? <laughs> and he, he was actually on my baseball team. His dad was the coach. Yeah, we played a lot of... And he's also the one I played techno baseball with on Super Nintendo. Nice. They put Age of Empires 1 in uh, Kellogg's Nutrigrain. Dude, that's a good deal. You get a Nutrigrain and Age of Empires? <laughs> it's brain food for win. your... I guess when you're taking over the world. Dude, that's intense. I can't honestly say that I've ever played one. Like, I grew up in a house where we didn't like buy like uh like sugar cereal like literally ever. Mm. So was it if it was well, Chex isn't like a sugar cereal. I know we had that. I wonder why I never ran in these. Maybe because it's a PC. Are they were they all on PC? I guess. Yeah. I gotta put a Nintendo cartridge in a fucking <laughs> cereal box. I guess. But like, I also didn't have a gaming PC like ever when I was little. Who wants to be a millionaire? That stands out for me. I for sure played this game on my PC. Chris, uh, take us through Chex Quest, please. Oh, the, Amazon Trail. I for sure I played a, Amazon Trail. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. What's, what's Chex Quest? <laughs> so 
Chex Quest is literally, you know, back in the day you would call them Doom clones, and it's a Doom clone. It's, it's like a oh, first-person yeah. shooter game. Um, you land on a foreign planet and have to open all these doors uh, and <laughs> fight these weird aliens uh, with your, like, not-a-gun blaster, space blaster. The, the aliens look like snot, uh, like weird snot elephants. <laughs> Um, Chex Quest HD did. There was a HD remaster of that game, dude. It was re-released uh, in 2019. Totally yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm um, trying to find it right now. <laughs> it's on Steam. I think it's on Steam. It is. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So like the the layout's literally like a Doom game if you look at the UI, dude. But then it just says checks in the corner. AJ, you're not um, gonna believe this. It's on Steam, and it's free, bro. Oh, I'm going right now. Yep. Rollercoaster Dude, I'm gonna tycoon. be uh, I'm gonna be Braun Bronson, and you have to be <laughs> to be Bro J, Bridey. I'm down. <laughs> Bro J. We can't do it with my name. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Nobody likes that. You can be brisket. <laughs> so, are we doing a, a review pod where we've all played Chex Quest HD next week? We definitely should. It has updated <laughs> graphics too, man. How- What's the uh, how long to play on Chex Quest? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hacking the network now to find out. <laughs> exactly. It says uh, Im- imitating closely the play style and engine of the original Doom game. Yeah, Chex exactly. Quest puts the player in a three-dimensional world where they must take down evil green enemies with the help of weapon upgrades and power-ups. Uh, shout out to I have Anastasia great news. Maylot, who wrote this article. Great, great news. According to the nine people polled on <laughs> on howlongtobeat.com. No way, it's actually on there. The average is 47 minutes. Oh, all right. With the median at 50 minutes, a rushed playthrough being 38 and a leisurely one being 59, no matter what, it's less than an hour. Nice. That's intense. Should we do a spoiler cast? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yes, please. Checks quest spoiler cast. <laughs> Let's go. That could be the thing that I get my chops editing on. Yeah. It's actually a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. I've never been more down. I may, in fact, just immediately play that game when we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I think uh, that might do it for our most normal question. I want to give a huge shout out to Mark Scholl. Uh, thanks, buddy. We'll definitely be hitting you up again sometime. Let's go to yeah, the baseball well, game. Don't forget to call in uh, on number 200. Yeah. It's only two years from now. Also, if anybody else wants to call in and leave us a voicemail, you can do that at 507-291-2991. We love hearing your voice. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much, Mark, for calling in and asking an excellent question yeah that was a great one it, it made our episode 100 a little bit more special well everybody <laughs> that does it for our show today thank you so much for joining the podcast this week on our century mark episode i don't know if you guys have any other final thoughts john do you want to get all nostalgic or anything um oh i do want chris to tell me uh if he ever played that prime 2d de- demo the metroid prime 2d did you? I, I just downloaded it and didn't play it. Me too. I need to get to that too. Um, Will you guys get to that? I'm 
feeling a little bad about that. I had actually completely forgotten. Dude, I did too, but now I got excited because I forgot. I thought about it again. So I'm kind of stoked. I might play it after I beat Chex Quest here in about 30 minutes. For sure. We want to give another shout out to Angie. Uh, Yeah. We're sad she couldn't be here for the 100th episode. She's not feeling well. Uh, You know, obviously good vibes to her. And hopefully she'll be back. She'll bounce back. I believe in her. (laughs) Dude, but I did want to say real quick, it is kind of amazing that we have turned this into a hundred episodes and not missed a week, which means we've been doing this for a hundred straight weeks every single week, which I think is like pretty substantial. If you think about like the changes that we've gone through and the crap that we've like had to figure out week after week to get this like done. I don't know. I think we should be pretty proud of ourselves. I think so too. And I think the start of our podcast is a little we or we're a little bit i don't want to say whatever we're a little bit disadvantaged in the fact that the the pandemic happened like i don't know a few months after we really started so we haven't had the opportunity to go out in public and be like hey we're mostly normal have a sticker or whatever yeah, like at, yeah. these con- at these conventions and uh i don't know about you john but i plan on doing some of that as soon as they exist again so hopefully yeah for sure and it would have been easy more growth in the future and it would have been easier for us to like I think there were a lot of times we probably would have been like, fuck this, man. Let's just stop doing it. But we don't. And yeah. I think that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's cool that we continue to do this week after week. Like, For sure. You know, it's pretty badass. Imagine doing anything a hundred weeks in a row. No shit. Yeah. You know? Like, think about that. For sure. Literally anything. That's true. I've had jobs that didn't get a hundred <laughs> weeks on. Valid point. Valid point. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's been a good ride. Thanks for all of our to all of our listeners for being there. We appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. Hey, thanks for dragging me along for the ride for a little bit of the second half too. Hell yeah, high five! You're a. It's just like you've been here all along, yeah. buddy. <laughs> You're a staple. Yeah, exactly. John, can you tell the people where they can follow you if they want yeah. to on Twitter? I'm at Johnny Samsonite on Twitter. Oh, I might change it to Brawny Bronson. Ronnie Brampsonite. Johnny Brosonite. <laughs> yeah. Chris, how about you? Where I'm are walking you? into Twitter right Where now. Are you on <laughs> my name to Briss. <laughs> Briss. Um, uh, Brisburn here <laughs> signing off. You can follow me at VG Occasion on Twitter. Um, I'm probably never drinking on the podcast. <laughs> I had one four percent hard seltzer and I'm making an ass of myself. Oh, uh, I prefer it. <laughs> AJ, what about you, man? You can find me. Hold on a second. Aren't you from Wisconsin? You can't handle one Huckleberry hard cider? My alcohol tolerance has <laughs> bottomed out. I do dry January every year. Oh, and dude. It just ruins me. He was born in Michigan, so. Okay, so he's not a choose. I wasn't. I was born right here. <laughs> I live. I did my time. I was a Wisconsin bachelor. I graduated with a degree and a drinking problem. <laughs> Uh, all right you can find me at aj underscore id that's e-i-d-e on twitter that's pretty much it right now sometimes i stream on twitch that's aj axe 1313 you can find me there too otherwise what else you can find the podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com if you want to send us email on twitter at mngamerspodcast we've got newsletters at mngamers.substack.com thanks for making it through 100 episodes with us we appreciate you as listeners you are the best you're the only reason why we make this podcast other than our egos lastly but please leave us a five-star they're, review <laughs> they're number one on the list Chris makes it happy. It's them and then shortly after ego <laughs> that's it for our show now go play some games 
Bye. Bye. Bye.